We'll be in 2 Chronicles 34 and the parallel section of 2 Kings in chapter 22. The book of the law, this is the only Bible they had in Josiah's day, in the days of Judah here, the king, southern kingdom. That was the Bible, books of Moses, Torah, book of the law, the scroll of the law. So let's look at what happens now. Joe, okay, let's backtrack. It's, it's been a while. We finally paid our bill so that we can have night services again. <laughs> Josiah, his father, his grandfather, extraordinarily wicked and evil kings in the southern kingdom of Judah. They being sons of David. Josiah, eight years old when he becomes king. When he was 16, and we saw this previously in the passages, when he was 16 in the eighth year of his reign, he sought the Lord of his father David, his forefather David, obviously wanting to be the kind of king that David was. That's when he was 16 years old. When he was 20 years old, he began to implement reform in the land. He ordered that uh, all of the pagan uh, stuff, the groves, the poles, the, the, the houses of worship, that they all be destroyed. And that any sign of this pagan worship, idolatry, be utterly destroyed. He even dug up the graves of Israelites who were buried in places that honored false gods and he burned their bones. When he was, he also, in that, in that reformation, he had, he ordered that the temple be uh, restored, repaired. The temple at that time had places within it to worship the false gods, idolatry, Asherah, the, 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 the wife or the wives of God. You go back and study in history the worship of mother and child apparently came out of the promise of the seed of woman in Genesis, who of course was, which of course was a prophecy of the virgin born Christ. But it became twisted, especially at the Tower of Babel, according to historians, such that Nimrod's wife uh, claimed to have been impregnated by a sunbeam. <laughs> and so her she claimed that her child was the virgin-born child, the promised, the promised God of men. 
Well, that became twisted and twisted and more twisted as time went on and it developed into what happened in Canaan. Canaan, the Canaanites, all of the nations within Canaan, they have run their course. We've seen this already. God has declared that they are too far gone and that he will, number one, use Israel to cleanse the land of such horrific so-called worship and their religion. And number two, in executing his wrath and judgment upon the Canaanites, he would give the Israelites the land that he promised uh, the descendants of Abraham. And so we've seen in all of this trek through, through Samuel, Chronicles, and Kings, how especially the southern kingdom, just slowly at first, just edged ever so slowly into sin. And then the king compromised his family with the family of Ahab and elements of this idolatry was introduced into the household of the Jehoshaphat, the, southern, the king of, southern, uh, of Judah. And it just, the leaven leavens the lump even more as it goes. And Judah falls into the same sinful trap that had trapped and destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel. So Manasseh, Asa, the, the, uh, Ammon, uh, they, uh, they, did, they, did, they did terrible things equally as bad, if not worse, than what the northern people in the northern kingdom of Israel had done and the kings there. Then comes Josiah, eight years old. His mother's name is given. The, the belief is that his mother was a godly woman. And that she taught him the ways of their people, Israel. And we'll talk about that more as we get into this passage of scripture. So now 24-year-old Josiah is king when, when these things happen right here. So let's look at it together. Beginning in 2 Chronicles 34 and verse 14 is where we left off. And when they took out the silver that was brought into the house of Yahweh, Hilkiah. The priest found the scroll of the law of Yahweh by the hand of Moses. Hilkiah spoke up and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the scroll of the law in the house of Yahweh. That's the temple. And Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan. No one had seen nor had read from the Bible in more than 60 years. You think about that. A nation, especially supposed to be the people of God, without the word of God, the written word of God, but for those prophets that were raised up here and there, did not have the law of Moses. The restrictions, the beautiful restrictions which are for our good and, and never for evil for us. The restrictions that Yahweh had placed upon his people was to protect them and to purify them and to bless them, to make them strong and to be responsible people and to teach them how to be 
good in their family lives, how to be good parents, how to be good children, how to be good citizens of, of their nation, Israel, how to effectively serve uh, their God, Yahweh, uh, the God of Israel, uh, to remind them that uh, their sin had to be dealt with, so they had a sacrificial system. God never expected any of us to be perfect. Thus, he implemented the sacrificial system. Deal with your sin. Understand that you're a sinner and that only your God can deliver you from your sin. And that's what he did in the law of Moses in the sense that he revealed what sin was. He identified sin in the Ten Commandments. And then this long, uh, long treatise that followed on how and what kind of sacrifices to make and when to come together in times of festival to acknowledge and rejoice and worship Yahweh and so forth. It was a beautiful life. It was a beautiful way to live. Now, these kings, more than 60 years, two, the two of them before, just before Josiah, daddy and granddaddy, had become so evil. They hated the word of God, obviously. They despised and rejected the true and living God such that they had temples and places of worship constructed all across the land of Judah, even in the temple. It's, it's, a, it's a thought that is beyond imagination when you think that the very sons of David did these things. Well, they didn't have the scroll of the law to read from. They could only hear from those before them as they remembered how things were supposed to be done. And now Yahweh was to be worshiped. I found the scroll of the law in the temple in the house of Yahweh. Gave the scroll to Shaphan. Shaphan brought the scroll to the king, 24-year-old man. And he further brought back word to the king saying, whatever was given into the hands of your servants, they are doing. In other words, we're not taking advantage of anything. We're doing exactly as what you told us to do. We discovered, we found all this silver. As we were discovering the silver, we found uh, the law of Moses, the scroll, but everyone is doing the work that you told him to do. And we are working hard and fast to repair and restore the temple. They poured the silver that was found in the house of Yahweh and they gave it into the hands of those appointed and into the hands of those who did the work. And Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah, the priest, gave me a scroll. And Shaphan read from it before the king. And it was... When the king heard the words of the law, that he rent his garments. This spiritually sensitive young man doing all that he can do without a copy of the law. Now has the actual scroll of the law discovered, brought before him and read and he would think to himself, I knew we were bad, but I didn't realize we were this bad. And he tore his clothes 
with great sorrow before Yahweh, realizing just how deeply the nation had sinned. The king commanded Hilkiah and Acham, son of Shaphan and Abdon, the son of Micah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Asaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of Yahweh on my behalf, and on behalf of those remaining in Israel and in Judah, concerning the words of the scroll, which has been found, for great is Yahweh's wrath, which has been poured upon us, since our forefathers did not keep the word of Yahweh, to do according to all that is written in this scroll. The wrath of Yahweh is that much worse upon these people because these are the people who are supposed to be the guardians of the scroll. It was from Israel that the Old Testament word of God came. And it was into their hands the guardianship of these scrolls, the teaching of these scrolls through the through the worships and the sacrifices and the rituals and the festivals and the feasts and the fasts and all that, all of that had a meaning and it was revealed in the word of God. And the, whenever people, we saw, we've already studied this some months back where people brought their sacrifice and the Levites were to teach them the deeper meaning of things as they assisted them in making the sacrifice. Every piece of tapestry, every Every part of metalwork, the dimensions, everything about the tabernacle and then the temple were, were forerunners in the hearts of God's people. Everything about that is, of course, fulfilled in the life and ministry of Messiah, the Christ. So... The law is, as I've said before, it's like a coloring book. It isn't a novel to them yet. It's a coloring book, each lesson designed to teach them some new and wonderful thing about the love of Yahweh and the covenant that he has established uh, with his people. No other nation had that. You know, the, worship, uh, the worshipers of Baal could, could, could go, well, it's like they did on Carmel in the days of Elijah. Cut themselves and carry on and do all that stuff they did. And Elijah said, just keep going. He, your, your God must be in the bathroom or something. And you remember, that's what he said. And then Elijah did his thing and the God of Israel revealed himself. The point being... There was no other worship that could be offered anywhere except as God defined it and gave it to his people. It's impossible to worship him in any other way. There's no other way. There's no, God appoints the worship. God defines it. These other people stumbled through their demonic religions and they failed miserably. They would finally just Decay from within themselves because of the rot that would come into their society and even into their flesh because of how they viewed their God and how they 
worshipped their God. Since our forefathers did not keep the word of Yahweh, did not secure it, did not guard it, to do according to all that is written in this scroll. We live in a crazy world today. The only thing that can help people is to read, study, and accept the word of God. Christ comes into your heart by faith. Faith is a God-given gift. The pursuit of God is something that God initiates. There is no man who seeks after God. That's what Paul wrote to the Romans. No one seeks God. It's not in the natural heart of the natural man to seek God. But it is in the heart of God to seek after his people and call them to himself. That's what he does. Miraculously giving us today the regeneration of life. So that now the Bible means something to us. It never meant anything before. We could laugh at it and scoff it and make fun of it. Or not even care about it at all and not read it. But then when spiritual revival comes, the word of God takes on a whole new meaning in the lives of those who have become worshipers of the true and living God. This is what's happening here in this brief period of the history of Israel, of Judah. Now, they, the, the wrath of God is already on them. We're going to see what Yahweh says through the prophetess to, to uh, Josiah here as we, as we study. But the people of God have to have the word of God, and we do have the word of God. The rest of the world doesn't care about the word of God. They don't care. They don't care what it means. It is, it is life. It is life to those who believe, but that same word of God is damnation to those who refuse to believe. That's how the word of God, it's a two-sided, a two-edged sword. So, the word of God gives to us, we understand divinely and supernaturally by the spirit of God, we understand what power there is in the word of God. I, I know in this, in this world, there's such delusion and deception. We were, we were talking in our family earlier today. We're, we're, how, we're, we're not even a whole gen- We're probably one election away from being ruled by pagans and unbelievers. And it is in their nature to cause the believer to suffer. So that's our future until the Lord comes. How fun. It's all right. Grace will abound. Now, the only thing that separates us from the madness of the world is the truth of the word of God. And so we have a yearning to study it. We long to read it and to absorb it and, and to assimilate it into our, into our lives in, in every way. Briefly here, the time of Josiah. Josiah. Josiah 
because of the heart of that young king. And he don't live long. He don't even make it to 40 years old. But because of his heart, there is this brief revival. But it, in, in the southern kingdom of Judah, but it doesn't stay the judgment of God. See, we read in the psalm, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Now to forget God, you had to have known him. He had to have been revealed in some way. And then you just walk off and leave him. You forget him. So God, because nobody cared about the loss of the scriptures, nobody cared to obey the the Bible that they had in that day. Nobody cared anything about it. They just laughed and carried on in their licentious worship of the fertility cult that belonged to Baal and Asherah. It's horrible. It's, it's, it's the, that kind of worship is the worst kind of brothel that you could imagine. So, no wonder the king tore his clothes as though to say, I knew we were bad. I knew it was an evil time, but I never knew it was this bad. We have gone this far away from the true and living God. Yahweh's wrath is great upon us. He knew. All you have to do is look around, look in the book, and then look up, and you'll know it's coming. And whatever comes, we deserve it. So then... To do all that is uh, written in this scroll, Hilkiah. And those whom the king sent went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tochah, the son of Hazra, the keeper of the raiment. She was sitting in Jerusalem in the study hall. And they spoke to her accordingly. And she said to them, so has Yahweh, the God of Israel, said... Say to this man who sent you to me, so said Yahweh, behold, I bring calamity upon this place and upon its inhabitants, all the curses that are written in this scroll, which they read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to pagan deities in order to provoke me with all the deeds of their hands. My wrath is poured down upon this place. It shall not be quenched. In other words, sentence is already passed. It's coming. And in just a couple of chapters, we'll see it. You know, Nebuchadnezzar and and Babylon, they come in and enslave the people. Well, okay. So the prophetess gives the gloom of the warning of the judgment of Yahweh. It's not going to be quenched, this wrath of mine. But here's a little ray of sunshine for Josiah because he was such a good king. And and certain of the people because they tried to follow with Josiah's leadership. Concerning the king of Judah, who has sent you to inquire of Yahweh, so shall you say to him, so has Yahweh, the God of Israel, said... 
The words as you, uh, the words as you have heard since your heart has become soft and you have humbled yourself before Elohim, before God. When you heard his words about this place and about its inhabitants and you humbled yourself before me and rent your garments and wept before me, I too have heard it, says Yahweh. Therefore, behold, I gather you to your forefathers and you shall be gathered to your graves in peace. So this little generation has this one little revival and this little part of peace. But it will not stay the judgment of God. And your eyes shall not see any of the calamity that I'm bringing upon this place and upon its inhabitants. They brought back word to the king. The king summoned and he assembled all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of Yahweh. The people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were with him and the priests and Levites and all the people from great to small. And he read within their hearing all of the words of the scroll of the covenant that was found in the house of Yahweh. He read to them, he had read to them the Bible that they had. And the king stood in his place and enacted the covenant before Yahweh to follow Yahweh and to observe his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all of his heart, with all of his soul, to fulfill the words of the covenant which were written in this scroll. And he stood up, uh, all those found in Jerusalem and Benjamin, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, did according uh, to the covenant of Elohim, the God of their fathers. Josiah removed all of the abominations from the lands. Now, see how deep and horrible the sin had become. From all of the lands of the sons of Israel, he caused all of those found in Israel to serve, to serve Yahweh, their God. All his days, they did not turn away from following Yahweh, the God of their fathers. Now, we're going to look at the account quickly in 2 Kings 22, and it goes briefly into chapter 23. It gives a little bit more expanded view of how bad things had, had gotten. Hilkiah the priest, Shaphan the scribe, I found the scroll of the law in the house of Yahweh. Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan, he read it. Shaphan the scribe came to the king, brought back word to the king, said, your servants have melted the silver found in the temple and they have given it to the hands of the foremen of the work who were appointed over the house of Yahweh. Shaphan uh, the scribe told the king saying, Hilkiah the priest, Gave me a scroll. Shaphan read it before the king. And it was when the king heard the words of the scroll of the law that he rent his garments. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Acham, the son of Shaphan, and Achibor, the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan, the scribe, and Isaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of Yahweh on my behalf, on behalf of the people, on behalf of all of Judah, concerning the words of this scroll which has been found. For great is Yahweh's wrath which is kindled against us, since our forefathers did not obey the words of this scroll to do according to all that is written concerning us. Hilkiah the priest and Achim and Achbo and Shaphan and Isaiah uh, went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tichva, the son of Harhas, the keeper of the raiment. And she was sitting in Jerusalem, the study hall, and they spoke to her and she said to them, so has Yahweh, the God of Israel, spoken, say to the man who sent you to me. So as Yahweh said, behold, I bring calamity to this place and upon its inhabitants. All the words of the scroll that the king of Judah read, because they have forsaken me 
have burned incense to pagan deities to order, uh, in order to provoke me with all the deeds of their hands. My wrath is kindled against this place and it shall not be quenched. Concerning the king of Judah who has sent you to inquire of Yahweh, so shall you say to him, so has Yahweh the God of Israel said. The words are what you have learned. Since your heart has become soft and you have humbled yourself before Yahweh, when you heard what I spoke about this place, about its inhabitants to become a desolation and a curse, and you rent your garments and wear before me, I too have heard it, says Yahweh. Therefore, behold, I gather you into your, uh, to your forefathers. You shall be gathered to your graves in peace. And your eyes shall not see any of the calamity that I'm bringing upon this place. And they brought back word to the king. King summoned and they assembled before him all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of Yahweh and all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were with him. Priests, prophets, all the people from small to great. He read within their hearing all the words of the scroll of the covenant that was found in the house of Yahweh. They could, and the king stood upon his place and enacted the covenant before Yahweh to follow Yahweh to observe his commandments, his testimonies, his statutes with all their heart and soul. To fulfill the words of this covenant, which are written in this scroll, and all the people were steadfast in their acceptance of the covenant. The king commanded Hilchel, high priest, the priests of the second rank, guards the threshold, to take out of the temple of Yahweh. Now I want you to read this. This is what I was getting to. Out of the temple of Yahweh, all of the utensils that were made for Baal in the temple and for the Asherah. Now where Baal was and Asherah was, there was, there was terrible uh, sexual conduct. That was part of their worship as the worship of the fertility cult. This is going on in the temple. Uh, and for the entire host of heaven. So it wasn't just Baal and his Asherah. It was for every God imaginable, all the host of heaven. And he burnt them outside of Jerusalem in the plains of Kidron. And he carried their ashes to Bethel. He abolished the pagan priests uh, whom the kings of Judah had appointed and who had burned incense on the high places in the cities of Judah and the environs of Jerusalem. Those who burned incense to the Baal, to the sun, to the moon, and to the constellations, and to all the host of heaven. And he took the Asherah out of the house of Yahweh to the outside of Jerusalem, the Kidron Valley, and he burned in the Kidron Valley and pulverized it into dust. He threw, it, he threw its dust on the graves of the members of of the people. He demolished the houses devoted to pagan worship that were in the house of Yahweh, or in the temple, where the women would weave enclosures for the Asherah. And he brought all the priests from the cities of Judah, and he defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba as far as Beersheba. And he demolished the high places near the gates, uh, the one that was at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the mayor of the city, which is on a person's left. Uh, in the gate of the city. However, the priests of the high places would not go up to Yahweh's altar in Jerusalem, but they would eat unleavened cakes among their brethren. And he defiled the Tophet that was in the valley of Ben-Hinnom so that no man would pass his son or his daughter in the fire to Molech. And he abolished the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun from the entrance of the house of Yahweh to the chamber of Netamelech, the, the eunuch who was in the outskirts, and he burned the sun chariots uh, with fire. 
And the altars that were on the roof, the roof of Ahaz's upper chamber, which the kings of Judah had made, the kings made these altars. And the altars that Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of Yahweh in the temple, the king demolished. He hurriedly removed them from there and threw their dust into the Kidron Valley. High places that were before Jerusalem, they were on the right of the mount of the destroyer, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had built. Even, even Solomon, uh, for Ishtar, the abomination of the Sidonians, and for Kamulch, uh, the abomination of Moab, Milcham, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile. So this whole thing started when Solomon started marrying all those women from pagan cultures. And it was because of Solomon's sin that Yahweh declared that the kingdom would be torn in half, Israel and Judah. And he broke down the monuments, cut down the Ashadim, filled their place with human bones. And also the altar that was in Bethel was the, the dead worshipers the, the, who followed that stuff. The high place that Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin, had made. Also that altar and high place he demolished. He burned the high place, he pulverized it, and burned the Asherah. And Josiah turned and saw the graves that were on the mount. He sent and took the bones out of the graves and burned them on the altar and defiled it, according to the word of Yahweh, that the man of God had called, who had called out these words. And he said, what is this marker that I see? And the people of the city said to him, the grave of the man of God who came from Judah and called out these things that you did on the altar of Bethel. So there was a prophet who came, preached against him. You would remember that. And he said, let him be. Let no one move his bones. They spared his bones with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. And also all the temples, the high places that were in the cities of Samaria that the kings of Israel had made in order to anger uh, Josiah removed. He did all them like all the other deeds he had done in Bethel. And he slaughtered all the priests of the high places who were there on the altars, and he burned human bones upon them, and he returned to Jerusalem. <laughs> That's pretty good to me, uh, you know. They're dead, dig them up, we're going to burn them. They hadn't suffered enough. So, for this brief space of time, as Josiah is king, God grants peace and blessing to the people who followed their king in this brief moment of confession and repentance and reliance upon the word of God as to establish, reestablish the covenant that God had declared between himself and his people. Well, we'll pick it up there next time and we'll have our deacon prayer time.